Alright, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening my fellow trash talkers, whatever time you're tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with Dee Bork and I'm your host Dave Bork. It is NBA episode 8 and it is also the 4th of December 2023. And we're going to run through some NBA in-season tournament action going on this week. We have hit the quarterfinal stages of the tournament that's going to be kicking off tomorrow and Wednesday. And then we're going to be heading to Vegas for the final four. I'd love to be heading to Vegas, but uh, the NBA is heading to Vegas for the in-season tournament. So that's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting. As always, we'll get through uh, we'll, we'll get through some best of the best and uh, obviously some time to take out the trash because, as we know, there has been plenty of trash going on in the NBA this season from certain teams in particular. We'll also run through some of the questions that we've got for this week. As always, at Trash Talk with D Bork for those ones on Instagram. Keep sliding through on those DMs. We appreciate everything that comes on through there, and then we'll try and find some we'll try and find some best bets for the in-season tournament. We didn't have much luck last week with our NBA plays, unfortunately, but we'll see what we can do for for the in-season tournament for, for the next couple of days. As always, keep an eye out on socials for those on the Instagram stories mainly, but we'll, we'll do our best to get something on TikTok as well for the week ahead. So... Why don't we start with why don't we start with a little best of the best before we do hit on some in-season tournament action? Let's see what we got for this week. We'll head out east first. The Cleveland Cavaliers they had a three and one week for the boys. They've had a very very injury riddled start to the season. They're now eleven and nine. They're currently an eight seed in the east, but you get the feeling that this team, once healthy, will get going. You know they've had Garland's been out for a few games. Donovan Mitchell's missed some time. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. But you feel like once this team gets their continuity back, they're going to be just fine. They're close enough, if not already, top four seed in the East this season. I think they're obviously behind Boston, Milwaukee, probably Philly, and I mean, as good as Orlando are playing, whether or not they can hang around in that top four, they could be vying with, with Cleveland, to be honest with you, for a top four seed in the East. But yeah, I think once they once they get it together, this team's going to be just fine. Uh, to wrap up the week, 105 to 92 against the Toronto Raptors, 128 to 105 against the Atlanta Hawks. Then went, I mean, this was at home against Portland. Poor loss, 95 to 103. I guess probably needed, a, I guess, a little bit of a slip up, and then they beat the Pistons, 110 to 101. That's not really saying much because I mean, just about everyone's beating the Pistons at the moment. <laughs> Awful. They're a bad basketball team. But yeah, good week for the Cavs. I think they needed that. They needed some wins to get going before, I guess, this mini kind of break. No no games on today before the in-season tournament action kicks off tomorrow. You're going to see, obviously, a bulk of games on Saturday for the teams that did actually miss out on the tournament. But yeah, nice little week there for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Minnesota, a team that is just motoring right now. They really are. They had a 4-0 week. They're now 15-4, first overall. They really look good. And two of those, two of these wins, I mean, granted, opponents, probably not all that. But given they didn't have Anthony Edwards, it's it's a quality, quality week for Minnesota. They could have gone off the rails, but no. Nah, 
They didn't. They kept on playing some great basketball. 119 to 97 at the Memphis Grizzlies, a team who is also battling right now. 106 to 103 against the Oklahoma City Thunder in a match that Ant Man did actually go down hurt. He had 21 by the time he actually got hurt, and that was one of the plays that we had throughout the week. Uh, we actually had him to have 25 plus points. Pretty rough there, but still a very good win nonetheless against an OKC team who has been playing some great basketball too. 101 to 90 against the Utah Jazz and 123 to 117 at Charlotte. Charlotte not going all that great, but they you know, can spruik the odd upset here and there. Granted, what we said about Anthony Edwards going down, obviously their last two wins have been without Ant-Man. We've finally, I don't know, seen what Carl Anthony Towns has been like over the last few years, being that main guy. And maybe he's showing Minnesota that he still can do that. It's not just Ant-Man's team. I can run the show. And especially for a team who is the number one overall seed in the NBA, they would love to get this version of Towns even when Ant-Man is back on the court. Over those two games that... Anthony Edwards missed. He averaged 39 and four and a half assists. So that is a quality, quality two-game stand there from Towns. For well, except for a team who is probably far exceeding expectations at the moment, and uh, given their start to the season, they really, really, really want that Northwest title. They do. They don't want to be a team that's going to be you know back in the in-season tournament or whatnot, or you know falling outside of top four. Given you know, they've got Denver on their tails, they've got OKC on their tails, so it's, they're going to have to do it tough, so they're going to have to be switched on every night, and they're getting that. This team is getting that a lot this season, so they've been super, super impressive to start, and if they can continue to play at the level that they're playing, there's no doubt that they will be a top four seed in the end when it's all said and done. But, yeah, a great, great week for the Minnesota Timberwolves. As we said, a bit of a quicker best of the best this week. Uh, why don't we take out some trash? Because there's there's always going to be a couple of teams that are going to be hanging around there. So let's find our garbage man. All right, two teams that have featured pretty heavily in our in our trash section this season, and I don't know if they're ever going to come out of it anytime soon. So until they start winning the games or they can find one, then you can then you can get out of the trash for the week. But until you do, these have been two of the ugliest losing streaks of modern NBA history. To be honest with you, the Detroit Pistons, as we mentioned last week, they were in the trash. They have now lost seventeen straight games. That is hard to do. It really is. In in the modern NBA where, you know, some good teams will have some off nights or whatnot where they'll, you know, just happen to lose to a to a bad basketball team. But this bad basketball team is also losing two bad basketball teams. They managed to lose to the Washington Wizards last week. Awful. And they're as bad as each other right now. And they lost at home. You've you've simply got to be beating Beating the Wizards, for as bad as a team that you are right now, you still need to be winning games at home to give your home fans something to be happy about, and they could not do that. It's awful. Yeah, so 17 straight losses for them. They faced the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday. They've not won many games at all this season as well, so they get them at home on Thursday for a chance to to snap that. You know, They get a bit of time off here in the lead-up to that with these in-season tournament games going on over the next couple of days. This... <laughs> It's funny to say it, but this is almost like their NBA Finals against the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday because you can't be losing 18, 19, 20 games in a row. It's just your season's pretty much 
almost over already. And it's awful because you've got such a young team. There is promise there. There is. Jalen Duran's come back in this rotation. Now you'd think that wins are going to start coming, and they're just not right now. You've got to go out and beat Memphis on Thursday. Give your fans something, please. Speaking of bad, the San Antonio Spurs have lost 14 straight games. We knew they were going to be bad at the start of the season. You know, Maybe you thought that Wemby was probably going to help them win a few games or at least lift them up to compete against you know some of the heavy hitters in the league. And they, to a lesser degree, they have a little bit. They almost knocked off the Atlanta Hawks the other day, but they don't even look like winning many games at all. Lost 14 games in a row, and not only have they lost 14 games in a row, Wemby has also lost the title of the best rookie in the league to Chet Holmgren, who's playing at OKC, who's absolutely lighting the NBA on fire right now, and for a team who's going to be in contention for a a decent-sized run in the Western Conference playoffs this season. So that almost goes back to a couple of years ago with Scotty Barnes winning Rookie of the Year, Evan Mobley was having a killer year, but their team didn't make the playoffs. They made the play-in tournament, but they didn't make the playoffs. And Scotty Barnes had a killer, killer end to the season. And he managed to to get it done. So I love that more than anything else in terms of the NBA has to reward guys who are helping their teams win games in bigger situations. And the Spurs are currently, you know, last in the Western Conference. Whereas OKC is a you know a top four top five team in the in the Western Conference right now, you should be rewarding that. And Chet Holmgren is getting rewarded. You know, granted he's not an odds-on favorite right now to win Rookie of the Year, but he is the favorite going in, and and it, and as he should be, because until this Spurs team can start winning some basketball games, then we'll start looking at the numbers that Wemby is putting up. You know, you can't be looking at them when they've lost fourteen in a row. They play. They head to Minnesota on Thursday. That's going to be pretty tough, so you'd imagine that's going to be 15 straight losses. Then travel home to play Chicago on Saturday, and you, you've you got to feel like that winning streak needs to be snapped there. That Chicago team is... Well, life's a roller coaster. As a Chicago Bulls fan, it really is. So, yeah, you'd want, you'd want to think that winning streak needs to be... Oh, sorry, losing streak needs to be snapped on the Saturday against the Chicago Bulls. Otherwise... Tickets need to be somewhat half-priced for, for both these teams because as an NBA fan, you should not be having to pay top dollar to watch to watch anyone coming through into the building right about now. I mean, you pay, you pay, you're paying money to watch the road team. That's <laughs> tough times. It's tough. Anyway, why don't we slide into our DMs first before we hit on the in-season tournament action. What do we got for this week? We got... A question through from at AJ Fraser, Mr. Albatross Barbecue himself. What do you got for me, Randy? On the final night of the in-season tournament, several teams had to run up the score to qualify for the next round. And since then, we've had players and coaches talking about how weird it felt having your best players in the still in the game with 20-point leads. Do you think the NBA will adjust to how teams advance from the first round in the future editions of the in-season tournament, or will teams start playing the full 48 minutes to keep point differential in check? That's a good question. I love it. 
the thing is with, I guess, the fact that the in-season tournament completely new, so no one really knew how it was going to kind of play out in terms of, oh, shit, shoot, we need to win this last game by X amount of points or, you know, keep it keep it within this. If we lose, we still go through. I love what, you know, again, I'm probably not the biggest soccer slash football fan in the world anymore, but I love what they do with their competitions in Europe, like the Champions League or the Europa League and whatnot. Those last games or last two games are all played at the same time, so they don't actually know what's going on in opposition buildings unless you've got the you know the scores flashing up there. They don't know what they need going into the last day if things are you know still tight or whatnot. Whereas you had in-season tournament action, where it was like, okay, Boston need to win by 25 points today, and if you've got I don't know someone like a Jason Tatum coming in with a with a niggling injury. Do you really want to be having him out on the floor in game twelve of the NBA season just so you'd qualify to the in season tournament finals to win that game by twenty five? I don't think you do because let's be honest, the end goal is always to win the NBA title, right? So this in season tournament isn't really for the bigger teams. But then again, if you see who's left, there's a lot of bigger teams actually left in the final eight. So the way I'd play it, apart from playing your guys, you know, max, I guess, max amount of minutes for these in-season tournament games, is to hire incentivize the winning team. We've said it before, financially speaking, it's it, this isn't, I don't think this is the way going forward. You know, these players are already earning millions of dollars. They don't, they don't need to earn another 500000 I get it, bench guys probably aren't on that much, so it's more important to them. But for for the big dogs, I don't think they need it. And I don't think you're going to want your star guys on the court that late. Well, I think we've now seen it once, and I don't know if you're going to see it again. I just have these games, like all Eastern Conference in-season tournament games next season are on the same day. All Western Conference in-season tournament games are all on the same day. It's just got to be fixed scheduling-wise, so you don't know what you've got going into the actual gameplay which will make things more exciting. It, it does, yeah, make you have a look around the stadium for scores as a player on the court. You're like, oh shoot, there's ten minutes left in the in the Boston game. They're only up by eight. Maybe we get our guys back on the court, kind of thing, to get you through. I think I think that's probably the best way to do it. That way, it turns into a March a proper March Madness kind of feel when there's a lot of games going on and it's it's true it's true knockout basketball really. So that's why I'd I'd kind of look into it next season apart from the financial stuff that's how i'd play the scheduling side of things for the in-season tournament games because yeah if you if you had a tatum or a, or a lebron go down injured with two minutes to go just because you were trying to win a game by 26 points or whatever that's yeah that's a that'd be a disaster <laughs> not only for the team but for the nba going forward for the rest of the season so yeah, play all games at the same time. Yes, I know it's going to be busy, but you could turn it into a, I don't know, a red zone kind of action on NBA TV and whatnot. You're switching in between games. Oh, this is, this is close with two minutes to go, the witching hour and whatnot. So, yeah, that's how I play it next season. Thank you, Randall. So why don't we start with some in-season tournament action? Uh, we're not really... Um, we'll let Jerry sleep for tonight. There, there won't be any somewhat best bets placed right now we'll keep those for socials tomorrow on instagram and potentially tiktok for our in-season tournament quarter final action tuesday and wednesday so he can have a sleep for tonight we'll just preview all four games that we've got going on so tomorrow 
We've got the Indiana Pacers up against the Boston Celtics. This is a 2v3 seed. Indiana had a very, very good group stage in the in-season tournament. They finished 4-0. Definitely weren't favourites to go through in their group, whereas Boston finished 3-1, both winning their groups. I think Indiana are good value, though, tomorrow. They play some of the most exciting basketball going round. They really do. And with one of the best young point guards in the league in Tyrese Halliburton, I think his matchup against... Drew Holiday tomorrow will go a long way into deciding how this match does get decided. Obviously, Drew's not going to light up the scoreboard and whatnot, but it's how he guards him. Tyrese is very good in getting his shooters involved, and I think you've got guys like you know Buddy Heald and, and Benedict Matherin who can absolutely light the gym up. So if I was looking at a play in that game, an early kind of bet and whatnot, I'd be looking at the over 239.5 in this contest, especially, you know, not only can Indiana score, but they cannot guard anyone. So, <laughs> and this Boston team has some points in them. So, yeah, I'd be I'd be going with the 239.5, the over for Indiana. It's going to be an exciting contest. I hope the paces do go through so we get some kind of, I don't know, Cinderella run in a little way to, to get us through to Vegas. Otherwise, you're getting a lot of heavy hitters going through to the Final Four in the Las Vegas in-season title. Our second game tomorrow night, you've got Sacramento hosting the New Orleans Pelicans. It's another 2v3 seed battle. Sacramento are super, super strong at home. They are 6-2 and two on their home floor, while the Pelicans are 3-6 and six on the road. I do believe the beam is definitely getting lit tomorrow. It will. Darian Fox is <laughs> so good to watch. I know CJ McCollum's now back in the lineup for... The Pelicans, and obviously they've got an Aussie in their lineup as well, in Dyson Daniels, one of our favourites. He's been very, very good defensively, and Herb Jones has also. So that was mentioned in, in, in a question last week with those two on the floor together have been absolutely locked down, elite lockdown defence. And you could see that again tomorrow to try and, I don't know, somewhat put a wall up against Aaron Fox and have a guy like, I don't know, Kevin Herter or Malik Monk try and beat you on the perimeter for that. But I just think this crowd is thriving for some kind of championship. If there's not going to be an NBA championship, they'll be getting them into the Final Four of the in-season tournament in Vegas. So I think Sacramento is going to be just too good in this one. I think it's going to be entertaining to watch, similar to what Indiana provides on the offensive end Sacramento aren't too far behind on that they love they love the three ball Keegan Murray's missed the last few so if they can get him back in the lineup for this contest I definitely lean towards them but it's going to be fun to watch Zion you know who came into this league a couple of years ago now for the Pels is somewhat in the background or shadow a little bit this year. he's de- There's definitely not as much hype around him or, or this Pelicans team as much as there has been in seasons past. So it's almost somewhat of a surprise to see the Pels here. But, you know, we all get the opportunity to see how they go tomorrow. I, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to be shocked if the Pels win, but I do think that Sacramento just has a little bit more at home tomorrow in that contest. We'll head off to Wednesday now. Milwaukee hosting the New York Knicks in a 1v4 seed battle. The Knicks are the Eastern Conference wildcard. Milwaukee's just almost been unbeatable at home this season. They are 9-1 on their home floor. But the Knicks haven't been that bad on the road this season. They're 6-4 and four on the road. They've shown they can win the games. They've won their last three as well. 
and they also they've already faced the Bucks this season too, losing to them 110 to 95 on the 4th of November. Jalen Brunson actually had 45 points in that contest. They did not have RJ Barrett, so adding him back into the lineup in this one makes things very, very interesting. And you feel like there's going to be a few Knicks fans in attendance. Again, another team kind of similar to Sacramento who's been craving some kind of title. And is this the be-all and end-all for the Milwaukee Bucks to win an in-season tournament? Maybe so. You want to show that you have got some silverware with the addition of Damian Lillard and the chance to face off against the Boston Celtics in the semifinals in Vegas, where that's also a potential you know, Eastern Conference Finals preview. And with Boston getting the better in Milwaukee last time, maybe they'd want that. So I think it, it might actually come down to how things play out on Tuesday. If the Boston Celtics do actually lose to Indiana, I'm not going to be surprised if the Knicks can also upset the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think it'll mean as much to the Bucks anymore if Boston aren't through. That's the way I see that. So keep an eye on that one. Keep an eye on that one for sure. Our final game on Wednesday is the Lakers up against the Phoenix Suns. Another 1v4 seed battle. The Lakers were dominant in the group stages of the in-season tournament. They finished 4-0. Phoenix actually in their group. They've already defeated the Phoenix Suns twice this season uh, 122 to 119 in their last meeting without Devin Booker and then 100 to 95 on the second night of the NBA season or sorry second game for the Lakers and the Suns which was also without Devin Booker so now adding Booker back into the lineup he's he's missed the last couple with a with a sprained ankle I think getting him back in Phoenix Phoenix have circled this game surely because they want to get some kind of revenge on the Lakers. They don't want to. They don't want to drop to 0 3 against a division rival to start the season, and especially a team that they're, you know, competing for a Western Conference final spot or competing for a title at the end of the day. With, I, I think I think Phoenix may have just too much for the Lakers with Booker back in the lineup and, and KD. I reckon they they do want to win this in season tournament. They do have a few vets in their team, and, and going through the West is more of a gauntlet than it is through the East. So I think you're taking any kind of, I guess, somewhat silverware as you can, especially not competing with the Denver Nuggets in the, for the rest of this in-season tournament. So I'd be looking to go with the Phoenix Suns and the over 225.5 in this contest as well. So that's, it. Should, regardless, it's going to be a great, great battle. I think AD gets his way over over Nurkic or KD, whoever he's got himself matched up against. For the Lakers to win, AD needs to be dominant. He really does. You know what you're going to get out of LeBron. At the end of the day, if LeBron wants to win a title, LeBron's going to win a title. <laughs> It'll come down to how AD is approaching this one on on Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to some, some quarterfinal action. I really am. As always, we're going to have plenty of content on our socials at Trash Talk with D-Balk on Instagram and TikTok for the semi-final matchups that are going to be on Friday and the championship game is on Sunday. So won't give any kind of future tips or bets for that right now. We'll keep those on on our socials, so keep an eye out for those. As always, thank you so much for sending the questions through again this week. Really do appreciate that. I hope everyone enjoys some in-season tournament action because it's going to be fun. It really is. We're going to we're finally going to see, I guess, what it's like to have this kind of vibe of a tournament, of a you know, a, a true knockout tournament. 
or are the boys going to go wild in Vegas? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe the teams that lose <laughs> lose the semi-finals, but it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. This has been fun as always. I'll be back on Wednesday for our NFL episode. This has been Trash Talk with D Bork. Enjoy the start to your week. I'll see you Wednesday.